Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with Gavin Rubinstein. Conversations between Gavin and the people he believes have trailblazed by thinking outside the box in their field, industry, or even just in his office. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got another special guest on the podcast. I must say, in terms of real estate royalty, we get the best people, top of their game. Welcome to the podcast, The King of the North, Mr. Michael Coombs, aka I like to call him Mikey. Mate, thanks for having me. It's good to catch up. We've been friends a long time, man. We, long time. we go way back. Where did we first meet? Mate, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Long time ago. Was it an Arik? I think we were talking on an Arik together. Yeah. Is that where we first kind of linked I, up? Yeah. And then we had dinner because we had dinner with Frederick from Mean Doll Listing. Yes, remember? yes. So it was an Arik. So it yeah, was. Yeah. Okay. So it was, we were speaking, I think maybe on the same card. Freddie was featured. We kind of yeah. linked up. You're like, I like this little guy. I'm like, I like this cool guy. And we just kind of had a good report. Got the grind. That. Knows how to do business. <laughs> we haven't sold a lot of property together though, have we? No, we haven't. We need to do more. I think we need to. I mean, yeah. we're going to use this as a catalyst to do that, but we'll talk about that later. Sounds good. I love this guy wholly. I mean, before we even started the podcast, he's trying to sell me, you know, a, a luxury apartment in Byron Bay, which is a super cool development. We're going to talk about that too. But I think that speaks to the essence of your greatness, man. <laughs> like always selling, always on. Tell us a bit about yourself. How did Michael Coombs start as a real estate agent? What was Michael Coombs like? as a younger gentleman, family life, and how did you get that title, you know, King of the North and, and dominate your market? So, going back a long time, I'm 44 now, so hopefully my memory is good. Um, 44 years young, yeah, baby. Mate, I started out at the bottom, so I didn't grow up with a lot of money, grew up with a single mum, had a lot of challenges as a kid. I remember when I was, I think it was about 15 or 16, I did work experience for a local real estate agent on the Northern Beaches. You got a um, school in the Northern Beaches? I went to the Northern Beaches, cool. yeah. I did work experience and I went there and I didn't have much money. We were living in like a two-bedroom apartment at the time with yeah. sisters, so it was a bit- I've been there. No space, no yeah. space, no money. And I did work experience and I went there and this guy was heavily overweight, couldn't really do much. He was, well, no word of a lie, one time I went in, he was having a coffee in one hand and he had his hand stuck with a bit of glue on it trying to shake it off. It was like <laughs> something out of the movie. And he was driving these Mercedes and I went home to mum and said, I reckon I can do this job because this guy's got nothing. <laughs> I don't know how he's making money. So it, The old school real estate agent, they were so different to what they are today, no? Yeah, yeah. So different, so different. And then at school, I left school, I did my landscaping trade. So I did landscaping for four years. And right. after the four years, I started running the company. I took right. over the company and hired a couple of friends. So that was kind of fun. Cool. While I was doing landscaping, I decided to study real estate at night. So back then, we had to go to TAFE three nights a week. Yep. On the side note of that, I did, used to snowboard a little bit when I was younger. Cool. Did a couple of seasons down the snow and over in Canada. My friend said, do you want to put on a party? So I put on a party one weekend. Within two weeks, I was hiring boats and had it started my own little company <laughs> called Funk Divide Productions. <laughs> right. Doing that on weekends. So I was like landscaping six days a week, going to TAFE three nights a week. Every second Saturday, I had big harbour cruise parties that were finishing up going into home nightclub for my friend there was putting on the after parties. So Stone Cold Hustler <laughs> since day one. Oh, man, I love yeah, it, man. After my own heart, gotta it. tell you. So that's how it started. Then I've been doing real estate now for twenty years. What was the segue from all of that yeah. into King of North Shore real estate? 
Mate, I guess you have that period where you work hard, you do everything. It was just the penny drop one day, and I just said, and that was where I was about 30, and just said- Shit, so you've only been in the game for- No, I've been, I mean, like a lot longer, but the first 10 years, I was just doing the grind, doing what most agents do. So tell me about that. Yeah. So the segue from doing all of these jobs, hustling into real estate, let's say, because it was yep. two-phase real estate. You had phase one where you probably did what most agents do. Yep. I want to talk about that. Yeah. And then you, like you said, had a penny dropping moment. Yeah. Phase two yeah. became the king. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be interested in what was involved in that transition yeah. Yeah. and the segue into it. So let's start with that. So the first segue, I started at the bottom, started letterbox dropping. I started working for a couple of good agents on the lower north shore. What made you say real estate from like what else you were doing? Just because you saw that guy and you remembered or? Yeah, I thought it was probably an industry I could actually do well in because it really came down to discipline and talking to people. And I always had the gift of the gab at school. So I was on my school report every year, talks too much. So <laughs> talks too much, doesn't listen, sounds like a real estate agent. Yeah, And you can make a lot of money. It's probably one of the only industries you can make plenty of money without going to uni. So were you making money while you were landscaping doing the harbour cruises? I, I was, I was. You wanted to make more? I wanted to make more. I wanted to look after the family. So I wanted to buy mum a house. I was sort of supporting my sisters and it was basically yeah, looking after the family, extended family. So okay, I was a cool. big driver. So you decided that and just epiphany, I'm going to get into real estate. I'm going to get into real estate. All right. And the mm. first job looked like what? First job I started and I was basically just letterbox dropping and putting in data, cutting pictures out of the paper and yeah. putting them in like a scrapbook because we didn't have RP data back for, then. For what firm? For McGrath. 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 When it was just on, started up on the lower North Shore. Lower but North David Shore. Howe and Janine Leonardo Collins. Okay. So working as their assistant? Working their assistant. Right. Um, did the grind for a couple of years then. Then I left there. I started with another girl, Sandy Dunn. Started the white agency. Did that for a few years and she sold a lot of prestige. So by that time, I was sort of five or six years in. I was getting probably a few deals from pe other competitors and sort of an upcoming agent. And I was always ringing everyone. And yeah. I was, they'd see me out letterbox dropping. I was always on the phone. I was that sort of person. Doing whatever it takes, baby. Doing the grind. <laughs> and yeah, I did that for a while. But she was selling a lot of prestige properties. So she was selling a lot of $10 million properties plus. Mm -hmm. So I stayed with her a while mm -hmm. and I probably stayed with her an extra two or three years than I, I needed to, you know, in that way to be an agent. Yep. But what it did, it just built up my profile. So when I started out by myself, I sort of jumped into a couple million dollar sales and quickly I sort of elevated to prestige market. So working for her for that period was mm -hmm. definitely the best time because it just showcased me on all the listings that were high end. Profile's and set me key, up. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then from there, back to McGrath. Was there for quite a few years. Your own agent at McGrath? I was my own agent. And at yeah. this time, you were riding kind of what? This is still phase one. I really started around GFC time, to be honest, just okay. before the GFC. 2008. Yeah, I went out on my own, yeah. separated from a team yeah. environment, and I think GFC hit six months later. What was that like, and what made you make that decision to go, all right, it's time for me to stand up on my own two feet? It's probably at a point now where I just, one, I wanted it. I knew I could do it. Yeah. I, I just backed myself. I think anything I do, I just realize once I want it and I commit to it, you can achieve it. And that was in my, that was just my mentality. And I knew I could do it. And you got, I was getting to a point where I felt like I was outworking my other agents and people that were in the team. Yep. So an element of belief. Belief, definitely. Your profile's been out there. You're getting exposure to, you know, high properties, high network people in the marketplace. Yeah. You're starting to believe you're getting the wins under your belt. Yeah. I'm going to go solo. Yeah. But then the global financial crisis hits. Yeah. So, how do you deal with that? Ate baked beans for a while and <laughs> slept on my couch for a bit. <laughs> I like baked beans, personally. I mean, they're, they're healthy, you know? Yeah. But they're good. Again, that was my lesson. The hardest things in life are where you learn, yeah? So, all the challenges, all the hard things that go on in your life personally and challenge you, that they're the ones that overcome and that's what makes you who you are. And, I, and I've had a lot of them. I've had a lot of close people pass away. I've had a lot of challenges. I've had a lot of times without money and that kind of sets you up for the drive. But 
Yeah, when I went out on my own then, and then I made a little bit of money. I didn't make much after mm-hmm. the GFC. I probably made about seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, and I put it, as soon as I started making more, then I put on a PA. So those two thousand and eight to two thousand and ten, I pretty much lived off nothing, Just put everything by. back into the business. Right. Wow. So when did you kick into phase two? Phase two was probably around about thirty years old. Thirty. So you got into the business twenty four. Yeah. Twenty four to about thirty was yeah. finding your feet. Yeah, and then comes phase two. Yeah, we'll call it. King of the North Face. Yeah, yeah. What was the shift? What was the change? It was probably a point where I wasn't really looking after my family. I sort of made a commitment to my I had a sister that passed away when I was younger as right. well. And in that time, I just sort of made a commitment. I'm going to look after the family. I'm going to supply for everyone. The early 20s, of just enjoying life. Sure. Out a bit, having fun, spending my money on clothes when I didn't have much money. And then got to 30 and just said, look, I've got to, I just really got to make this happen and have a big change. So I went to actually my manager at the time, Peter Kakos. Right. He was um, your McGra- he was a manager at McGrath. He was a manager at McGrath. Sales manager, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Who down the track today, we've just gone back into business together. So he's coming as a partner at Atlas. Wow. So that's kind of a turnaround. Yeah. But 14 world, years the ago. The world works like world, that, does it, it does. not? Go, it's yeah. just crazy. I actually just employed and hired an agent as an independent contractor yep. here who actually offered me my first job in real estate 15 yeah, years yeah. ago when I got back from London. Oh, wow. It's just the universe is crazy, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So to interrupt. Okay, no. from there, yep. So, yeah, and I, I went to him and just said, look, I really want to make this. I'll do anything you tell me to do. What do we need to do? And he's like, you're up at five o'clock and let's make this fun. And then I think he looked at the screen and there was Tony Robbins in town doing his walk on fire on yep, Leash the yep. Power with him. He said, you're going to that. So I went to that. Literally from then on, I was in the office five o'clock every morning and I'd report to him and go, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And just evolved. And then I made money and I went, oh. and then every year I'd go, how do I do it better? Yep. What do I go back to? Yep. And even when I made, everyone was like, oh, you're doing really well. You sold it quick. How do we do it better? How do we do it better? So my thing, and you, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's always do things smarter, faster, better. Yeah, love. Smarter, you can always improve on it faster, response quicker and doing it better. And it sounds like you're, which is very similar to me, right? You're just motivated by progression you're talking about doing things better than yesterday what were some of the habits that changed in phase two versus phase one yeah probably a lot of habits socially too just sticking down to fitness like now i do a vedic meditation i meditate twice a day yeah you're a meditation freak Uh, i've been doing about three or four years yes I couldn't do it's it. Not for me, yeah. I know, but it's because your brain's for... going too much. That's why you need it. You I cannot do it. Brain. You know what? Yeah. I had a meditation guy come over to my house for, yeah. I tried it for, I think, six yeah. months. Yeah. And I what tried. What sort of meditation was it? Who was it? Oh, forget it. I blocked that part of my life out. <laughs> I completely forget. We were talking now five years ago. Yeah, yeah. And back then I had 25% on, 20% on what I have now. Yeah, yeah. But. I it just as everyone's different, right? Mm. So for me, it didn't hit. It didn't yeah. give me the result that I wanted. Yeah, but it works for you, right? Yeah, I think what what I got out of it because I've tried a lot of stuff too, different meditation, yeah. different yogas. So for me, you kind of find what your habits are, and you get into that routine daily, and that sort of sets you up for your day. So I'm, I'm very important to me is having the right habits, especially at the start of the day. I was up about five o'clock. I did a meditation. I went down to the beach, went for a surf. My wife woke up, brought the kids down at six thirty, sat on the beach, had breakfast with them, yeah. hung out, ran around seven thirty, went back home, quick shower, bang, straight in the office, and I'm set up for the day. Yeah, I'm ready feel, to roll. You to me have always seen like someone who has and lives even now more than I think before a very yeah. wholesome life yeah which is cool and we, again we're gonna get onto that but yeah. but habits that you shifted like yeah. to all those phase one agents listening who say I want to go phase two yeah and you know I, I define phase one by just yeah plotting and phase two by dominating yeah what do we do 
Yeah. We change social habits, so maybe not partying as much. Yeah, just not going out all the time and weekends and making sure Monday I'm game on because Monday's fresh. your day, I'm fresh. Yeah. And look, you can go and do stuff at certain times of the year and have your fun. It's always about that. But it was also, so probably key thing, surrounding myself with the right people, mm -hmm. people that were better than me, more intelligent than me, and people that could advise me. A lot of my close friends now are really good entrepreneur and business people and just hanging out with them, having a beer or going for a walk. I come out and go, damn, I've just That's had like key a, learning. a yeah, whole yeah, coaching yeah. session. <laughs> and also... If someone's doing it better, learn off them or get someone to teach you. So everything I do, whether it's going surfing, golf, playing music, I get someone to teach me. Yep. I learn it a lot quicker, a lot yep. faster. Success um, leaves clues. Absolutely. And were your calls or your prospecting methods changing? Mm -hmm. Was that kind of ramping up? Was your approach with people changing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. My calls changed because I just, that's my number one thing, which is always on the phone. No matter what's going on, anything else, even today, technology, everything, it's just phone calls, the conversations, get your dialogue better. Yeah. That was always my key as well. Yeah. And making sure I hit certain numbers a week. Love that. Non-negotiable. And so then- what started to happen when you shifted those habits and you give me an idea of numbers at that point when you were 30, what did it look like? Yes. Yeah, so it's crazy. You make more calls, you get more business. You know what I mean? You make crazy. more calls, you sell more properties. Magic so trick. I don't know how. It's yeah, magic. It's I magic. say it to I don't everybody. Understand. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so what sort of changed? Everything, I started doubling my business every year. I went right. from sort of doing 150 GCI to 300 to 600 straight yep. up. And then within three or four years, 3 million, 4 million, yep. I just kept doubling. And, and as I got better got easier not only you're learning it but you're learning what not to do key. and learning where to put the energy in and my key thing at the moment now i'm never going at 110 miles an hour i'm yep. sort of like cruising when i need to at the right time year for example at the start of year in my market the very upper end it was slow so i kind of held properties back and yep. then i'm back i knew mid-february it would have a quick run to easter so i pushed everything on and now i'm going 120 percent and what's the reason for that? Is that to conserve your energy or is more, more to pick the market? A bit of both, but it's more probably also as the team and is the energy. Because I, I think, look, we're pitching for business five, six times a day. We're having yeah. direct conversations with emotions and people. You do that six, seven days a week. Mate, you get to the end, as you would know, doing I'm flat out and you're doing three times what I'm doing. And you get to the end of the week and you're just burnt. Yeah. So what I learned too is I'm not my best for my clients unless I'm at my peak. Like and I that. cannot be like that all the time. So true, man. I had a day yesterday, like yeah. a day. You know, I use this analogy of, well, you're a surfer. Perfect. I'm not even a surfer, but not very good, I, used but, to, yeah. I used to pretend I was a surfer when I was at high school because I thought girls liked it. <laughs> Didn't get me very far. So, But, but I use this analogy of the one time I did try <laughs> to surf, <laughs> I got belted by a wave yeah. and it took me in this... I thought I was going to die because I couldn't breathe. <laughs> the wave had got me. I didn't know what I was doing. And I actually always use that analogy for when mm. I have a day like I had yesterday mm. when just everything goes wrong. And no matter what, no matter how strong you are mentally, mm. you're still human at the end of the day. Absolutely. And when you're carrying what feels like the weight of the mm. world on your shoulders, there's going to be a release. At, at, you know, yeah. Not a lot, but sometimes. Yeah. And I woke up today. I went to bed really early. I speak to my brother a lot because he's my confidant, yeah. know, my partner and everything. And I had said to him, what happened yesterday was my fault, actually. It wasn't everything that happened around me. It was how I let that affect mm. me. Mm. Do you agree with that? 100%. Right. I actually had the same day yesterday as well. <laughs> I <laughs> went home and I thought, oh, air, and right? I just said, look, it's actually not the day. And my wife was like, you were just back to back all day. I said, that wasn't it. It was just how I handle it. And it was it was me. It wasn't the actual day because I've done those days before. Yeah. It's like the analogy too. Yeah. How heavy is this cup? Seen that? Never. How, how heavy do you reckon it is? It's half a cup of water. How heavy? Let's say 500 grams or something. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that heavy. Yeah. 
If you hold it for an hour, does it get heavier? You hold it for I'm, a day. I'm pretty fit, man. You're, okay, two days. <laughs> you hold it for two days, your two, arm yeah, comes paralyzed yeah. in something so simple. And I look, I think that's like life. Yeah, you hold on to a problem in the back of your head and yeah. you let it go and then it festers and fester and almost paralyzes you. So the key for so me, true. whatever goes on, again, this is not heavy, but if I held that for two days, yeah, my arm would be going off. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. do anything else. And I, I just, I think that's like your mindset too. Yeah. So I've, why I do meditation because it sort of gets rid of that and then other tools to sort of let it out and then I can perform again. I don't hold on to anything. And that's key. That's why I was bringing that up because it seems like they're connected, yeah. right? Yeah. And who taught you to practice that? Like was that was something just over time? Meditation? Yeah. A guy, Nico Plowman. He's a good mate of mine. He's awesome. So I did all the different types of meditation. Look, I was a bit like you too. I was like, I can't stop my mind from thinking. I do all these yeah. breathing techniques, Bikram yoga on this, sweating my but often I'm trying everything. He almost said the other people. <laughs> <laughs> but when I met everyone doing this, it was entrepreneurs and sports stars and everything. And I'm like, this is just a technique, like just to release stress. That's all it is. It's not actually sit there and do kumbaya with a sure. your white beard. It was actually like, sure. you can do this daily and get the effects what you do when you go to a retreat for a week. So Yeah, key. So even mm. if meditation isn't for you, yep. like it's not for me, what you're saying is find a method Absolutely. that helps you manage your energy yeah. so that you can work at Correct. your peak yeah. at whatever you do, right? If Absolutely. you're a prospector, if you're the king of the north, if, if whatever it may be, if you have that level of focus, you're going to be able to deal with, I guess, the rigors of real estate yeah. a yeah. lot more smoothly. 100%. It's never going to be a breeze, is it? Never. Because if it were easy, everybody would do exactly it. Exactly right. And let's face it. And that's why there's few people at the top. It's 100%, 100%. hard. 100%. So also just on that too, I guess it's the fitness and that too, but it's just find something that switches your mind off. So yeah. whether it's like surfing, oh, it switches my mind off. You might go to the gym. It's do something. A lot of people go and I have my time out, but they got things going in their head and they're talking to people, music going. You've got to have just time out where you give your body a bit of a break. The only thing that does it for me, there's only one thing. Sleep. That's one. But even I, I'm even dreaming about real estate. I'm fucked up. I've got, I've got problems, man. So it's not even sleep. It's the only time I can really genuinely switch off is when I get on a plane. Mm. I'm not talking locally. Mm. I need to be overseas, yeah. not yeah. overland. I yeah. need to be overseas. Yeah. That's the only time I can switch off. And I think that's key because those periods to manage it mm. are absolutely essential. Yeah. You, um, number one, McGrath, when yep. you were working at McGrath, yeah. you were absolutely dominating for 30 up until what age? Yeah, so I was always up the sort of top performer in McGrath from yep. yeah, early 30s to Atlas was four years ago. So four years ago, so about Eight four or nine years, years yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And what is Atlas? How did that come about and what's yeah. the difference between you guys versus your competitors? Yeah, so the thing with Atlas, it's sort of linked into a bigger company. Yeah? It's like the Ray Whites and LJ Hooker. So it's linked into LJ Hooker. Right. And in some ways, I guess it's kind of what you're doing here. You're sort of linking into the mothership, but you're doing your own thing. So Atlas is small boutique. It's Got smaller. Got it's you. sort of focusing. There's only a couple of offices, a yep. couple of franchises. And what I wanted to do was start going where my clients are going. So it's more about lifestyle. Right. That's why... I've got Lower North Shore franchise and Byron Bay. Right. So when COVID hit, I was referring 30, 40 people to Byron Bay Saw every that. year. Yeah, yeah. So I went up there, sold a house, which at the time broke the record. 20 mil. 22 mil. At the time. That was, yeah, that, that was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Marine, the- Marine Parade. What do you go? What's that worth now? Probably 30. God damn. 
Love real estate. <laughs> Love real estate. That's, oh, that was hot. I that's, like that house. Good. Okay. And so the difference or the value proposition with Atlas yep. for you was what? So the value for me, it's I got sort of supported by a company that knows what they're doing, a bigger company, but yep. I'm really starting a new company. So yep. it's, it's a new company with like 100 years experience right. and it allows me to be more boutique, more run systems, better processes, do everything I want without sort of starting from scratch. And it's tech focused. and It's a lot of tech in the back end as yep. well, which if you want it. So some clients don't. They like the old school way yep. so we do both but some people like jumping on an app and knowing everything is going on and yep. have everything in real time so i guess it's making sure we can do everything for everyone as well and your office at the moment is where your mothership love and offshore um, in neutral bay neutral bay okay and how many agents you got there uh we've got about 23 amazing is that including associates or yeah including sort of associate agents as well and you own that i own it just took over the franchise today baby <laughs> as of today <laughs> Ooh, hey, Jesus, you've never done that go. before. I like yeah. it. Congratulations, man. Yeah. So what does that mean? What does that look like? So I guess I have more control on trying to be innovative and doing everything. Peter Kakos has come in, which I mentioned to you, my sales manager back in McGrath days. 12, so he'll 40. be a manager? He's coming and running the business. Yeah, wow. so he's been down doing business in Melbourne for the last... 12 years, How 14 cool is years, that? so we're How back. How cool is yeah. that? So the guy that essentially got you onto phase two is mm. now going to come and run your business. Pretty much, yeah. He's going to get a lot of other people into phase two. He is. I mean, he's a great guy, you know, good people, know, know what they're doing and hard you know, to find. good skill. So hard to yeah. find. What's your biggest challenge in business? Like franchise owner, number one, because we know it's not listing and selling property. Yeah, right? yeah. Look, it's probably finding people. Finding people, and I, I guess look, that's I was looking for that. It's people, <laughs> and I guess why I love sort of taking over the franchise. I've got the people. Like yeah. my business is like you know when you have a good people and good office, have been there a long time. So all the agents and associates and everyone at Atlas now is in that in our area is the best of the best. Yeah. And it was more about now I've got the people, we've got the brand. Let's all do something special together. And who's the number one agent there? Obviously, outside you, who's your number one performer? There's quite a few. Adrian Bridges. Is he number good. one? In, in our office. In your yeah, office, yeah, yeah. 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 Adrian Bridges does a lot. Godson and Gitter, Anthony Godson, Nick Giddos, Priscilla Uvere, Nick Christou, yep. Bo Zang. Yep. There's a few of them. Bowie. Good Ryan Bowie, yeah. Bowie, the old yeah. Bowie. I've known him for a while. And yeah. so how do you, I mean, obviously you're solo owner of the franchise, I assume. Or I'm owner with Peter, okay, because we're partners. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. owner with Peter, okay. Yeah. So, But how do you retain talents like an Adrian Bridges? Well, like, he's in a partner as well. So Adrian's still, because he was a partner at Atlas, right. so he sort of remains a partner. And okay. then we do, we'll do a sort of process for the younger guys to earn sort of partnership or a leadership group in the business as well. So it's about sort of getting people to a certain level and everyone can be involved. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you run property management? Yep. How many on the rent roll? It's organically over the last two years, 200. I'm similar numbers organically mm, too. Mm, mm. How much energy do you give that? Property management? Yeah. I don't do too much personally because the girl running at Amanda Freeman is just amazing and Nick Georges was looking after it. So they're just the best. So I think what I've learned in my team, when people are better than me, I stick with you. Okay. And my business now, so I've gone from a different model. I've got agents in my team. I've got Jackie Wanzee, Priscilla Uvere, John Melville. Jackie's good. Really good. She's solid. Huh? Really good. She ended up showing me that big house that Remy's sister-in-law bought. Uh, Remember yeah. we came yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for a function. What a house that is. Yeah. Who owned that again? What was her name? Someone famous. Are you uh, talking about the one on Hunter's Hill? Yes. The one on Hunter's Hill? Yes. It was Kate Blanchett's that's house. It. Yeah, that's it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful house. Beautiful house. That was what, 17, 18? That was, yeah. that was nice. Yeah. yeah. And she kind of ran me through an inspection. I remember thinking, yeah. this girl is good. Yeah. Why do you think some agents like Jackie have it and most agents don't? Because really, that's yeah. that's a fair statement, right? You've got, and I always talk about this because I just, it's constantly something I want to try to get my mm. head around. Mm. Why do 10 or 20% 
of the industry write 80% of the business on all levels. Why? Why? Yeah. So I think one thing, you can't change people. So that's what it comes down to. You go to the jungle, there's only a couple of lions. There's, not, there's a pride of lions, yeah. But there's a two billion zebras. So that's that's just what it is. Yeah. You've seen that cartoon Madagascar or whatever. Yeah, I watched I that, that one yeah. <laughs> of a boy the other day. But sort of same thing. I, I think just people have it naturally. So Jackie's someone who's a people person. She yeah. cares. And I think when you find someone who works hard, they're authentic, they're yeah. genuine, they want to help. And they want to grow that's kind of the formula to success and it's hard to find that it sounds easy but it's hard to find do you think you can teach it or is it a natural like you say given ability to be able to connect with people you can definitely teach it but i don't think you can be have it a hundred percent unless it's naturally as well right so it's it's got to be which is interesting Mm. right there's there's a lot to kind of evolve there but it's got to be part upbringing Mm. right yeah yeah, we're definitely yeah, upbringing. Yeah, because I mean, just hearing your background, I mean, it's it's not too dissimilar from the formula, right? The formula, which I say, wasn't really good at school, <laughs> loved to talk. Not yeah. saying that you, you have to flunk school to kill real estate at all, yeah. Yeah. Um, generalizing. You grew up with not much. Mm. you exposed to mm. the premium market in real estate yeah. from a young age, 20, yeah. 26, 27, 28. Yeah. And then it creates, uh, you know, Did a work Yeah, interesting. Tell me about this exciting project. The bonobo by race. That looks hot. Mate, it's awesome. Are you tr- really good. guys trying to upsell me before we start? <laughs> I'm, Tell trying me to, about I'm trying it. to help you. <laughs> trying to help you. Look <laughs> at this guy. Tell me about I, it. So the bonobo by race, it's a hotel apartments in Byron Bay. So yep. if you go to Byron Bay, there's been a lot of change over over the years. Huge. I think when COVID came, I used to go up there all the time. To be honest, I just kind of fell out of love with it. It just wasn't my scene anymore. I got family up there, so mm-hmm. I never used to actually go into Byron. Mm-hmm. When COVID came, obviously that was took off. It was a destination where everyone could go. They had nowhere else to go. So it just brought an influx of uh, money and a lot of, lot of probably Sydney and Melbourne people. A lot of life. Yeah. Mate, it's, it's come alive. It's yeah. almost – so everything's changed down there. And then down one end of Byron, they put a new road in, so there's not as much traffic. There's mm-hmm. just buildings going up. Justin Hems is doing a restaurant there. So it's becoming this beautiful little boutique area down the end. And when I went up there, I could never really stay anywhere that was a full-service hotel. There yep. was just – there was just was nothing around. Yeah. And no one does anything because it's all turnovers so high anywhere they don't need to. It's yeah. just all – everyone's well, always – raised, so, no? We got raised, but it's only seven apartments in there. It's always booked. Always booked. It's nice, and, and, and it's expensive. It is. It is worth it if you stay there. I would only stay there. Yeah. I like it yeah. up there. So the good thing with that, the guys that run Rays are running this one. They purchased all the commercial downstairs right. and they're running the management of the Bonobo. Wow. So you'll get the sort of bigger version of Rays in town. And the best thing about it too, it's the Richard and Spencer did the Carlisle Hotel. They've designed it. Wow. Podia, the developers, I've sold for before. They're, they're good boys. I've really good. Really good, really good they, quality. They do good stuff. Really yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Probably one of the best in the business yeah. and easy to deal with yeah. and just perfectionist. They're amazing. So we're talking to Tamsin Johnson about doing all the furniture. Oh, she's good too. Yeah. So she, basically, she's, she's a client of mine. She's yeah. very good. Very good. So, so you, this is you all combine like all this quality. together. Yeah, yeah. So if we combine all this together, <laughs> it's going to be the hottest. That's how it's done. Where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the hottest thing in Byron. As I said, you. I when I took over this a few months ago, when that when it got announced and they renamed it and Ray's was buying in it, I, I purchased one myself. Right. I went in there for a two-bedroom and sold myself a four-bedroom. <laughs> They're that good. Upselling yourself. <laughs> I love it. And location-wise, where so from, let's say, Rays at, yep. at Wadigos, how far is this walking distance? Yeah, so it's a bit further from Wadigos because it's a couple of K from town to Wadigos. Sure. You, you can go and do that lighthouse walk, which is lovely. But from the centre of town, it's central to all the shops and cafes and everything. You're probably about 800 metres from the beach. That's nothing. Mm, nothing. So if you're interested in this, mm. give Mike a call. Give let's you a put call. his details up on the screen. <laughs> Man, we're going to wrap up soon. I know your time's valuable. What's the market doing in the north last four weeks? Give me a snapshot. 
So it's more confidence. The market's still there. So I'm very good at numbers. That's kind of one of my things at school. I had a really good math teacher. And she, so my, my thing, I was always well, high in num numbers. Numbers, yeah. I had a really good teacher. And it goes to show you, you learn by people or have good teachers, you can thrive. And right. I was always at the top of my math class. Cool. So what I do now, the last three weeks, my open home attendees and my open houses have been up 22% than what they were last year. So the buyers are there. They're all just waiting. And my stock's down over over 50%. So what's going to happen in the next four weeks? I reckon I'll move 80 or 90% of my stock. We'll have yeah. a run before Easter yeah. and then everyone will go on holidays again. I'm not seeing the correlation between the media yeah. and the negativity yeah. yet anyway. Yeah. And with the like the coalface, yeah. I'm just not, we had a record February. We did 120 million in transactions yeah. Yeah. in 28 days. Yeah, wow. Like I was coming in, you know, getting ready to go to war. <laughs> I was like, get my shield, get my arm, got cards, like let's lace up and get, but it's yeah. it's not that it's been easy at no. all. And I definitely think there's, we've needed to make a shift in adjustment price-wise, but I think you're 100% right. Mm. The buyers are mm. there. Mm. So when I look at all of our sales, every single one, low end, medium and top end, yeah. have been sold under competition. Yeah. So what do you think it's going to do? I mean, without, I know no one can predict the future, but- I, I think it's going to be much better than everyone thinks. Yeah. COVID changed everyone. People aren't as worried about interest rates and elections any more so i think people need to live at somewhere and, and COVID change that and but being worried about that doesn't mean you can necessarily afford it so when True. i talk to mortgage brokers right and they yeah. say that you've got a lot of people coming off fixed rates yep. do you see that having an effect in your market or a little bit but nowhere near as what people think yeah it's mm. kind of reminds me there's remnants i'm not saying it's definite yeah. like de i'm not an economist and so it's just my opinion mm. right could be wrong it almost reminds me of when COVID hit and the world was saying that that October, when the sugar hit from the government mm. ran out, that mm. the world was going to shit itself, yeah. the market yeah. was going to be a bloodbath, yeah. and the opposite happened. Yeah, It just went bang, and we saw the biggest trajectory yeah. in the history of the Australian Absolutely. property cycle. Well, we right? went into that first lockdown, I think it was like March or April, the first time. Yeah. I went down the south coast. In that four weeks, I sold $52 million on online. Great. That first month. So, the, look, you just can't pick what's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I always say let's focus on today, yeah. next step. When tomorrow comes, we'll deal with it there. Absolutely. I got one more question before we wrap up. Phase one agent wants to get to phase two. And so he hears all the stuff you've spoken about in terms of the habits and making sure that you socially make changes, you surround yourself with the right people, you prospect in the right way. What else in terms of advice would you give them to make in that transition? If it was any kind of punchline or inside behind the curtain view into your yeah. world and your life, like just that could maybe change the game for them. Yeah, probably the biggest thing is don't lie to yourself. A lot of people oh. think they're doing more than they are and they're just, they think, don't lie to yourself. No excuses. Just your only challenge is you. Yeah, no one else. A lot of agents do that, man. Mm. I've never quite understood it. Mm. Like, you know, you speak to an agent who's not performing or hasn't mm. done well and you go, well, what's going on? Well, I've got this that I'm signing up and this that I'm tracing yeah. and this ball in the air. Blah, blah, so, blah, blah. So basically you've got nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you've got fuck all. Yeah. I think that's just gold. Call a spade a spade. Yeah. Don't lie to yourself and create this world that you're living in that is not not a reality yeah. make decisions based on what is reality and make adjustments to get to where you want to go Spot on. michael coombs you're a scholar my friend thanks for having me thank brother. you brother thank you for listening to thinking outside the box with gavin rubenstein subscribe now for future episodes